This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This is a podcast about moms, a mom cast, a place for working moms, stay-at-home moms, all sorts of moms to talk about the challenges that we face and the solutions we find. The best part of the process is the journey we take, and that's what we're going to explore here. So let's get to it. We're momming today. I'm Lauren Simonetti, a mom of two young children, an anchor at Fox Business, the host of this podcast, a woman who frankly doesn't get a minute more than four hours of sleep a night because... Well, that's impossible. I'm a mom. You know the deal. We're moms and we're momming today about breastfeeding. They say breast is best, but as a society, we're torn between making a living and feeding a baby. It is not easy to do both, but some women do. Like Fox's Los Angeles entertainment reporter, Julie Chang. I was once running really low on my breast milk supply, so I had no choice but to bring my daughter to a red carpet event with me. Strangely enough, the only rude comment I got was from another woman on the red carpet. She said, oh, that's super normal to see a stroller here. That's super normal to be, you know, nursing a baby. And I guess what made that day okay at the end of the day was another woman came up to me, held my hand and said, thank you for showing me what a working mama looks like. And you probably saw that picture of Game of Thrones star Gemma Whelan bringing her baby to work and feeding the infant on set. Fans gave her a standing ovation, but not all moms are so lucky to bring their babes to work. Our next guest says that is a problem, and she adds that she's been collecting photos for 20 years. And every time society sees a woman feeding her baby, they're shocked. Looking back over time, uh, whenever there's a magazine that comes out with a woman breastfeeding on the cover, whether it's a gorgeous woman or just anybody, I save all those covers. <laughs> I've got covers going back 20 years. And every time something like that comes out, it's like, oh, my gosh, we have to comment on that. Linda Smith is a lactation consultant and the author of at least four textbooks on breastfeeding. It is a sensitive subject, Linda. It's a big deal, though. It's uncomfortable to talk about just to give listeners an idea of, of how many women actually do breastfeed, it's about a quarter of women living in North America. They exclusively breastfeed for their, their infant's first five months of life. And then the numbers drop off a bit after that. And we can certainly discuss why. But in your view, why is breast best? Why is breast best? Well, it's the natural food for babies. It's what mothers make for their babies, just like mother rabbits make for their baby rabbits. It's species-specific. It's designed to meet all the metabolic and nutritional and immunological needs of the baby. When mothers give birth, their milk comes in, whether they want it to or not. How long should mothers breastfeed for? I mean, there's conflicting points of view on this. You get all different answers. What do you think? 
if you want the recommendation of global organizations, it's exclusive for about half a year, continued at least a year or two or longer, or as long as the mother and baby want to. There's no upper limit beyond which it's a bad idea. It's entirely up to the mother and baby. Now, that being said, a lot of babies are done with it before age two, two and a half. It just depends. And nursing a toddler is very different than nursing a newborn. Why is that? Because toddlers are eating other foods and they're running around being toddlers. And it's <laughs> not the intensity of a four-month-old. You know, a four-month-old will sit there and look lovingly into your eyes and nurse pretty much any time they want to. But a 14-month-old is busy looking at the world. Oh, they get distracted. Very distracted. Oh, yeah, sure. That's the sure. point. That's the point I'm in now with my one-year-old. We're actually just wrapping it up. I gave a statistic earlier. Um, the number is 26%, according to UNICEF, of women in North America exclusively breastfeed for the first five months of life. And then the numbers uh, fall off after that. Why? I'm not sure that number is accurate. What Lauren. number? What number do you have? I would look at the CDC statistics on that. Which are higher, and, uh, 81%. Which are higher, right, that initiate breastfeeding. So there's a, there's a difference between starting and continuing. So in the U.S., we're doing fairly well on getting breastfeeding started, but drop-off is pretty quick, and at a year, the, the, the numbers are much lower. These and are, even at six months, the numbers, I'm thinking the last time I looked was around 40-ish percent, but uh, don't quote me on that. Yeah, no, I have those numbers right here. Per the CDC, um, four out of five infants started to breastfeed. More than half were breastfeeding at the six-month point, and almost a yep, third okay. were breastfeeding at the one-year point. Um, right. but, but the numbers dwindle, and that just begs the question, why is it so difficult, or why does it seem so difficult for many women to breastfeed? In the U.S., we have very poor maternity protection policies. In most other countries of the world, mothers get paid maternity leave for anywhere from months to a year or more, because that's good for everybody. It's good for the country because it raises healthier babies. In the U.S., we don't have that. The Affordable Care Act managed to get a little bit more into place, but mothers are, are torn between making a living and feeding their babies, which is, in my opinion, a choice nobody should have to make. It should be a win-win. I can't tell you how many times at work I said to myself, okay, I really need to express milk right now, but I would have to ask my manager, my boss, for a 20-minute window, and I don't think I can get it right now. So let me either you know, sneak into a corner and do it really quickly in public with my jacket over me or, or just skip it. Um, these are decisions that many working mothers have, have to make, and quite honestly, work does get in the way. It completely gets in the way. And some of the jobs that women have are even more interfering than others. Say, if you're um, cleaning houses, you might not even have time to drive to a fast food restaurant to go to the bathroom if you're not allowed to use the restroom in the house that you're cleaning. Uh, we've heard stories of surgeons who are in the middle of surgery. Well, they can't come out from surgery, scrub out, go pump milk, and come back in. What's that going to do to them? So, uh, it's tough. It really is tough. So for all the mothers who have managed to, to go past the six-month point, congratulations to you. It, it's it's tough. I remember pumping on the floor of the New York Stock Exchange. Imagine that. 
a room of men. Oh my god! I just covered oh my myself. God. Honestly, I don't think anybody knew, but I was uncomfortable every second of that pump. <laughs> sure, of course. Nobody likes to do that sort of thing in a public place. So we we do all kinds of creative clothing, and uh, airports now have these pods that you can get into. But still, the world is not built for babies with mothers. It's it's designed for adults, and if you've got little kids, it's tough. Uh, my kids are now grown and gone, but I remember those like it was yesterday. Well, Perla, find... go ahead. Go ahead. No, please finish. No, trying even to find a, a bathroom that's compatible for kids in a big store. You I might know. have to go to another floor in an elevator, and meanwhile, your kid is screaming because they have to go. <laughs> Been there too. Um, this shocked me. I had to read this several times because I, I couldn't believe it. That as of 2018, as of last year, it is finally legal to breastfeed in public in all 50 states in the United States. Idaho and Utah legalized breastfeeding in public last year. And this is what well, really stunned me. In Utah, it's the- a little bit of a mis- misnomer, Lauren, okay. because breastfeeding in a public place has never been illegal. But women have been harassed for trying to nurse in a restaurant. Oh, for God's sakes, everybody's eating in a restaurant. Baby gets to eat, too. So other countries look at that and just roll their eyes because nursing is very common everywhere. Babies go with mothers in other places in the world. So here we have to pass laws to prevent women from being harassed. And some of the um, well, the men, especially in Utah, uh, Congressman Kurt Webb, complained that a lack of a cover-up on a, on a mother would lead to immodesty, and he was uncomfortable with that. Um, so men can't control themselves if they <laughs> be a woman? Um, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, they're uncomfortable seeing a mother feeding her baby. She has to be covered up. How do you think the guy was fed? Uh, this is such a, this just makes me laugh. I'm old. I remember this being an issue when my kids were little and it was silly then and it's just as silly now. You could use the same argument for liking or not liking to look at people with tattoos or piercing. You can. You can. I mean, tattoo and piercing, you have a choice, but baby's got to eat. Should I be offended that somebody is bottle feeding in public? No, because babies have to eat. Maybe we shouldn't have babies. Well, wait a minute. That's a whole other argument. I'm not anti-tattoo, but I will say there are some tattoos that make me feel uncomfortable, especially when they're on the face of somebody that I'm sitting next to. Yet, if someone's just feeding a baby, that makes bystanders uncomfortable? Um, I think the bystander might have a problem. Huh. Unbelievable. Um, So (laughs) that's why formula, which is more expensive, a lot of people just say that that is easier, but is formula the route that a mother who can breastfeed should take? Formula is there when it's needed, just like emergency services are there if you have a heart attack or uh, or penicillin is there if you have an infection. Formula is a food, and it'll keep kids alive. I was formula-fed, so I'm sitting here talking to you. But <laughs> as, a, as an older woman, I'm suffering from conditions that are more common in people who weren't breastfed. Like what? So that's it. Um, well, I'm short and fat. <laughs> short didn't have anything to do with it. But <laughs> really, seriously, when you have milk of your own species, 
the growth and development follows a quote normal unquote trajectory. If I, w- I was fed the milk of a cow, well, cows get very fat very fast. They can stand up at birth. They've got four stomachs to digest the stuff, and they're not too bright. I would have really loved to have the extra IQ points that people who were breastfed have statistically. Now, on a scale of one to, t- one to 10, it's not going to make any difference. I'm not going to change the world if I had been breastfed. It's one of those things where it's there if you need it. It's a, it's a plan that if breastfeeding isn't working for the mother, it's going to keep your kid alive. And thank goodness we have decent formulas. On the other hand, they're not necessary for most people any more than I'm looking here at the cane I'm using because I have a backache. Most people don't need to use a cane to walk, but it's there if I need it. I'd rather not use it. What do you think the reaction is as um, an expert on this subject, the author of four textbooks exclusively on breastfeeding? What do you think a mother who has chosen not to breastfeed feels listening to this conversation about her decision to use formula? I would hope that she feels very comfortable with her decision because it's her decision. And it's the responsibility of the whole healthcare system to make non-breastfeeding as okay as possible without compromising the mothers who are breastfeeding. We shouldn't be having a mommy war on this. I've supported a lot of women in my life with breastfeeding, partial breastfeeding, if the breastfeeding didn't work, I help them use formula safety. This is up to the mother. She needs to love her baby and be comfortable with her baby, whatever decision she makes. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I remember when I delivered my first child, um, I was totally new to the motherhood thing, didn't really even think about breastfeeding. Um, and, and the hospital, which was in New York City, forced it upon me in the sense that they overly encouraged it. Formula was a bad word. It was like I was saying another F word when I asked if formula was an option just because I didn't know how to breastfeed. And they didn't offer the resources. You have to learn how to do it. As much as it is natural, it's uncomfortable, especially in the beginning while your milk is coming in and the infant isn't latching properly, etc. Um, the hospital was was – I felt forced to breastfeed without the necessary resources. Would you be able to comment on that? I would very like like to comment on that. Hospitals are under an obligation, at least a moral obligation, to do evidence-based practice. We know the mother's milk is going to come in after delivery. Placenta is going to come out. The milk is going to come in. We lay the playing field or set the playing field to make it easy for all mothers to breastfeed. For some, that's not going to be a reality for them. Part of the Baby Friendly Initiative is for those mothers who aren't going to breastfeed for whatever their reasons, they be taught how to formula feed as safely as possible. Um, And I'm going to use a different example. After orthopedic surgery, nobody wants to get out of bed and start walking as soon as you're out of anesthesia. But the physical therapists say, get out of bed, start moving, because it's good for you. (laughs) So... um, Some things we do in hospitals because it's best practice, even if the patient doesn't particularly want to. On the other hand, for mothers that don't want to breastfeed, we'll help them formula feed. And if you weren't given the help either to breastfeed or formula feed, then that's the responsibility of the whole healthcare system. You shouldn't have to go to a hospital and not get the help you need. You're in a hospital. 
You're supposed to get the help you need for whatever you're in the hospital for. Fast forward two and a half years later, same hospital, different child. There was a lot of support. And I might have been more knowledgeable to know to even ask for the support, but I did notice nurses coming around. Do you need help? Um, And there's organizations like uh, La Leche League, for instance, that you can call. There's um, consultants in the area, and they can come or at least talk you through some issues you or your baby might have. Absolutely. And the good news, here we are in 2019, is there's more of those support systems out in the community than ever before. Now, some mothers would rather go to a group of people that are like them. So if I'm Muslim, I might want to go to a Muslim breastfeeding support group or, a, or some other group. So that's all the good news. Um, but you said something that I wanted to come back to. Same hospital, different system. Oh, I don't remember what it was. Different child. Same hospital, different yeah. child. Well, that was it. Nobody understands what life is like with a baby, with their first baby. Right. I've been I've been helping women for a lot of time, and you just don't know what life as a new baby is like until you have a new baby, and then it's like, oh my God, deer in the headlights. Yep. What do I do? Because even eating a meal is difficult when you have a new one. We just don't expect that in our culture. Yeah, I know it's it's a shocker. I anyway, you know, I did much better with the second kid. The you know we're at a year now, and I'm I'm still breastfeeding. Still have the supply. It's still working. And I I tell people with no judgment attached to it because I have introduced formula and I'm happy to have introduced formula. It's the hardest thing I've ever done. Pumping, breastfeeding, working and mothering for one year is the hardest thing I've ever done. I have to lug the pump. I have to bring the the milk back home with me with the ice pack. It is heavy in my bag. I have to make time to do it. I mean, you can stretch it. You know, you can go longer than three hours as you, you know, later in, um, as, as the child grows up. But it's hard. It is hard. Having a baby in this society is hard. Um, there was a you've yeah. you've seen this, Linda, the the girls, girls, girls magazine, the cover with Rachel McAdams. She's all glammed up and she's nursing her child or, or no, I'm sorry. She's not nursing. She's uh, expressing milk. She's breast pumping uh, on the cover, looking beautiful. And a lot of mothers are shaming her for this, uh, saying that's not how real moms look, as in they looked more, you know, disheveled. Who looks that glamorous? Well, while they're pumping. Um, is that fair? Should women be doing no. that to women? Heaven, oh, for heaven's sakes. Women are one another's worst enemies. Um, my first career was in women's sports. I was a gym teacher. And girls are terrible to one another. We should be lifting her up. If she can look that gorgeous with a new baby, bravo. That's I what I said. <laughs> but I don't look that gorgeous anyway. <laughs> So bravo for her if she can look terrific or she can look disheveled or she can hang out in jeans and sweatpants. It doesn't matter. She's being a mom to her child, and the child is going to benefit long term no matter what the mother looks like. And quite honestly, her job is to look glamorous more or less, so she's on the job doing her other job, providing nutrition for her child. But just the fact that people were mom-shaming her for that – I got upset. I thought, you know, she's changing the discourse, particularly in this country. You know, you go to a U.S. city like Miami with a much more cosmopolitan international presence, and you do see women breastfeeding at a restaurant, in the airport, on the beach, wherever. I don't see that where I am in New York, hardly ever. 
do you see a woman breastfeeding? So the fact that she's doing this and they're putting it on a cover of a magazine, I thought it would take the stigma away for it or at least, you know, make it cooler. I don't know what the right word is, more acceptable. I have to laugh because looking back over time, uh, whenever there's a magazine that comes out with a woman breastfeeding on the cover, whether it's a gorgeous woman or just anybody, I save all those covers. <laughs> I've got covers going back 20 years. And every time something like that comes out, it's like, oh, my gosh, we have to comment on that. I know. Why? It's just feeding a baby. You have to send me pictures of those covers. I would love to see them because it really it's just she's feeding her baby. That is all she's doing. Um, OK, so the New York Post ran a story a little while ago. And it said a New York mom is suing her baby's former nanny for $10,000 after she said that nanny secretly gave the baby formula. And the reason the nanny gave the baby formula was because it caused her emotional distress. I guess she was the night nurse and she had a, couldn't stay awake. I, I don't know. The formula made the baby sleep more. I don't, I don't know. But what Well, you- the bad news about that, Lauren, is that some babies are highly sensitive, allergic to formula. And there have been deaths of accidental formula feeding. So I can understand why the mother is very upset at the caregiver for doing that, particularly if there was an alternative. If there wasn't any alternative, feeding a baby is better than not, usually. But if there was human milk there and the caregiver... Yeah, she could have woken the mom up. She she was a night nurse. She could have woken the mom up to breastfeed the baby. So you think this mom... in the bed with the mom. Oh, I want to talk about that. But but one second. So do you think this woman, it's a new case. I, I have to follow this to see what happens. But do you think she can legitimately sue and win this case? That's a good question because in a lawsuit, generally one has to show that harm was done. A lot would depend on the age of the baby. If that was a toddler, a baby the age of your child, that would be a lot less potential harm because a 14-month-old eats a lot of different things than, say, a newborn who might, if there's a dairy allergy or uh, allergies in the family, there could be harm from that. We know that even one bottle changes the baby's gut bacteria forever. It never goes back. Wow. Wow. It's scary when you put it like that. Okay, we have to talk about bed sharing. Um, I have been told numerous times, don't fall asleep with the baby, especially a, a, a baby baby, uh, in bed with you because you're so tired as a you know a new parent um, that if you fall asleep, you can roll over and suffocate your child. You are warned about this. You absolutely Is it are an issue? Yeah, it is an issue if you're drunk. If it's, it is an issue, if it's an unsafe surface like a sofa, the research is very clear that of the rollover deaths, it's almost always 90 some percent, either an inebriated adult or a bad surface. It's almost never a breastfeeding mother on a flat surface because the breastfeeding mother is very aware of where the baby is and the baby gravitates to the mother even when they're both asleep. That um, we, we all want babies alive in the morning. Don't get me wrong there. But in terms of the statistics of that, it's, it's just not the threat. It's just not the – the fear should not be that high because if you're worried about laying down with your baby in a flat adult bed, mothers go somewhere else and the couch is a lot more dangerous. So you can't stop sleeping. Hey, people fall asleep when they're driving, and that's 
pretty dumb. So you can't fight sleep. You go for the safest place you can find. And breastfeeding mothers sleep with their babies, at least about 80% of them at some point, either fully or sometimes. So telling somebody not to sleep with their baby just doesn't work. Um, The advice doesn't work. Mm -hmm. And there's lots of research on that. What about the idea of um, putting a baby in a crib? What about the uh, baby crib? If the baby's not in bed with the mother nursing, the uh, a separate surface in the room next to the parent's bed, a crib or a bassinet or some device like that is a very good option. It should be in the same room as the parents for at least six months, preferably a year. Preferably a year. Yeah. I, there's a whole take on, on cribs being a, a marketing ploy that they aren't necessarily needed. You don't have to put a baby in a crib. It depends on what your home is like. If you don't have a safe place to sleep with the baby, what do you do at four in the afternoon to put the baby somewhere while you go into another room? So cribs have a place. I'm, I'm not anti-crib. Okay. On the other hand, there's been a lot of recalls of very dangerous cribs. A lot of kids have been uh, killed in cribs and sleepers. Fisher Price just had to recall a whole bunch of devices that babies died in right. because they weren't safe. Okay. So we want babies alive after naps. They either need to be in a safe place in the same room as a parent or an, uh, uh, an aware adult um, within sight and sound of a responsible adult for all sleeps and face up are, is good advice. In helping all these mothers for all these years, what's the most rewarding thing for you? Having a mom say to me, thank you. That's it. <laughs> That's it. And watch her and her baby thrive. And even the ones that don't say thank you. When I, It's like watching a kid finally ride their bike without training wheels. You can see the joy in their face as they ride off into the wherever they're riding. Same with a mother and a nursing, a nursing mother. When she and her baby get it, they sail. And it's just a delight to see. It warms my heart. For mothers that are listening that are in the beginning process, of breastfeeding and I help I help a lot of my friends. Not that I have a lot of experience, but when you're a first-time mom, it's just it's a very daunting task for a lot of people. Um and you can see how troubled they are, how stressed they are. They're uncomfortable physically. They they're frustrated, they're tired, they can't get it right. How do you tell people that it gets better? That you will get the hang of this? It just might take a couple of different techniques. Just like you said, it gets better. Every new job is difficult, whether it's the first time you've made love to your loved one, whether it's the first day on a new job where you don't even know where the the telephones connect. Every new job is hard, and you've got a helpless baby that you're responsible for. It's scary. It does get better. We survive being parents. But it's so much easier to use the formula. No, it isn't. For one thing, it smells, and you have to cook it. I remember when I was pregnant with number one, I had to watch films of how to make formula. And then I don't particularly like to cook. And I'm thinking, God, that's going to trap me in the kitchen all day long. <laughs> you know, now you There's can buy the, the liquid formula. You just pop the top or n- not even you can put um, the uh, nipples on the bottle of formula. So it, it doesn't yeah, get so- any easier than that. And when I tell my friends who decided not to breastfeed or to stop breastfeeding, they say, look how easy the alternative is. Well, yes, and breastfeeding is even easier because you don't need things. 
All you need is you and the baby. And if you're smart, you'll have some sort of a baby carrier to tie your baby on your front. So you don't need a couple of diapers and you're off. You don't need to worry about food. Um, I once did a class for a home ec class and the teacher had gotten trapped in an airport on the way to or from somewhere without enough food for her baby. And her baby was just howling. And she said that was scary because there was no way she could feed her baby. And she regrets not having breastfed because if you breastfeed, you just sit down and pull up your shirt and the baby's got food. (laughs) And it's cheaper too. (laughs) Yeah. Although surprisingly, not a lot of women breastfeed because it's cheaper. I don't know why that's not a motivating. Uh, It wasn't for me. The fact that I would have to cook all day long was pretty motivating to find something else. And then once I figured out how breastfeeding went a couple of weeks, I couldn't imagine doing anything else. You, Yeah, you get to the – at some point you should get to the place where it's, okay, I, I enjoy this. This is a bonding experience between me and my baby and with the frustrations, of course. But it's, it's nice when you can actually get to that, to that phase. Um, yeah, it sure is. I, I wish that women could get the message – that everything is hard in the first two to six weeks. If you can get past six weeks, it gets a whole lot easier, if for no other reason than you figured out how to change the diaper. (laughs) And you know your baby's rhythms. You know what this little squeak sounds like. You've got a sense of timing. Not that scheduling is a good idea because we get hungry at different times. But we learn our baby's rhythms. You can look at the baby's face and get a pretty good idea of what's next. And you learn to budget your time better. In the beginning, it's so overwhelming. But then you realize, oh, oh, from 2 to 3 in the afternoon, it's usually a nap time. Great. That's the time that I'll take a nice long soaking <laughs> bath or, or whatever. Or get dinner started or right. finish up the homework that I had from school. How do, we, um, how do we get mothers more support? I think we're doing it. Um, The fact that you're interviewing me on this uh, broadcast today is a form of that. It's in the news. Back in the 70s, you didn't hear about this. The breastfeeding support groups were few and far between and only for rich white women in suburbs. Now there's support groups all over the place. I live in Ohio, and my city has lots of different kinds of services for the mothers that are breastfeeding. Maybe not enough. But a whole lot more than last year. Correct me. And if a I'm, whole lot more than ten years ago. Correct me if I'm wrong, Linda, but is it more common that older mothers in urban areas choose to breastfeed? Yeah. I thought it yeah. would be the other way around. So it's essentially older, richer city women that are deciding that this is the best decision for their children? If you look at statistically, yes, that's the case. So the poorer or a minority are less inclined. On the other hand, they have a lot more society stress on them. They mm-hmm. don't, may not have the choice to stay home from work, or they may not have the choice to take a good job. They may have to go to work and work many, many more hours than somebody who is in a more affluent situation in life. So yeah, it's harder if you're younger. Of course, everything's harder when you're younger. So how do Just you get all employers, all employers across this country to give you more than a rinky-dinky little closet to go breastfeed in? Uh, You keep working at the policy level. It took a lot to get the Affordable Care Act passed 
So all employers now are supposed to make a combination at least for pumping. Now, when that was being worked on, they thought, well, what about on-site daycare? What about, what about, what about? There's a lot of other solutions that other countries and other companies have figured out so that they keep their good employees. It doesn't take that much time to support a breastfeeding employee, if you really think about it. And it's not that expensive. It's a mindset. It is. I know. And that's why I like talking about this with you. And and I, before this uh, interview, I had just asked a couple of the mothers that I work with and my, my mom friends, you know, questions that they had and, and frustrations that they had to be able to ask you many of their questions as, as well. Um, it's just it's I think I started this segment saying this breastfeeding is a sensitive subject and it is uncomfortable for men and women, moms and dads to talk about. I was in the hospital. We had to take my son to the emergency room. Everything was fine in the end. It was in the early days, though. You know, you don't want that infant to be sick um and we were waiting and waiting and waiting on the doctor to come in so i started to in a hospital to in a room to breastfeed my son and the doctor came in and i jumped up and i stopped and he looks at me he's like i'm a dad my wife does this all the time are you kidding me are you kidding me right now and i said oh you're right i, I just you're i didn't want to make you uncomfortable he's like this is my job he's like i'm not uncomfortable at all but it, his acceptance and making me feel so foolish for having that reaction was what I needed. I don't know. Um, that's that's a terrific story. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> Some breastfeeding coalitions make up little business cards with a fairy on them or something. It says, thank you for nursing your baby. And if you see a mother nursing, you just quietly hand her one of those. Just those support or those smiles. Um, I've been on airplanes where somebody's trying to nurse her baby, and I just hand her my business card with a note on the back saying, I'm glad you're breastfeeding. That's really just sweet. Little things like that make a huge difference. And I sometimes get irate that we still have to do this in 2019. Come on. I know. 80% of women leave the hospital or leave giving birth, breastfeeding their babies. It's a major- minor- majority activity now but it's still we still get harassed wow all right linda smith thank you so much for all do you want to add anything as as the go-to person on this subject is there something that you think all moms and dads and employers should know yeah three messages number one making milk is easy if you want to breastfeed the milk making part is probably the easiest number two Babies are born to breastfeed. If you're having trouble, there's help out there. There's uh, lactation consultants. There's LH League leaders. There's WIC peer counselors. There's doctors and nurses that know about this. So don't go without help. When somebody says, I don't want to bother you, I just want to pull my hair out saying, it's my job. It's something I like to do. I know how to do it. And third, it's something that women don't regret afterward. I've never met a breastfeeding mother that said I regretted it. The province of Newfoundland has a campaign. You won't regret it. Give it a try. There's help out there. Stick with it. doesn't work, stick with it. And we'll support you one way or the other because we're all in this together. We want our babies healthy. And that's the bottom line. And you know what? Now that I'm winding down. It has actually become sad for me that I won't be doing it much longer. So when you can get to that point, job well done. Like I said, hardest thing I ever did. Um, Linda, thank you. Thanks for calling. Thank you.
I'm Charles Payne. Listen to my Unstoppable Prosperity podcast so I can get you making money right now. Whether stocks are hitting new all-time highs or in freefall mode, opportunities abound. So why are so many potential investors still sitting on the sidelines? In a new season of my podcast, I'm going to get you in the game. After 38 years on Wall Street, I'm ready to impart some lessons and get you invested in the greatest wealth-generating machine in history. Listen anytime, everywhere at foxbusinesspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.